Hello and welcome to another episode of Solo BG Podcast. This is episode number 66. My name is Derek. And if this is your first time in the podcast, where we're, this is a podcast where we focus in solo and cooperative board games. That's right. But once in a while, once in a while, we focus in games that they are also mainly made for competitive and that they cannot be played solo. And that episode, once in a while, we call it Solo with Friends. Like the previous one in episode 65, where we talk about Talisman Batman. So if you haven't checked that one out, please, as soon as you're done with this one, you are more than welcome to check, to check in that, that one out, I'm sorry. And uh, you can also listen to our previous episodes, because we have 66 episodes including this one and i'm very happy that i'm here with you for another day another night another evening another um driving another uh jogging running whatever you're doing i'm very happy to be with you and of course to talk about board games at the time of this recording is july 27 of 2020 the year is going by uh in this unique year of course of you know Different things, including, of course, this uh, pandemic, and I'm not talking about the board game, of course, this unfortunate pandemic that is all around the world, but that, that also has, you know, at least something, I wouldn't call it positive, but at least something special for all of us, the solo board gamers, because because of the, you know, of the preventions that we're taking, this has been allowing us to play more board games and more solo board games, including with our family and our loved ones, since we had to stay at home most of the time while everything gets better. Well, anyway, we're not here to talk about pandemic, neither the board game or the situation. We're here to talk about another board game, because that's right, in this episode number 66, we're gonna talk about a very unique and a special board game. And as you could read on the title of this episode, we're going to talk about Tapestry, a civilization game by uh, Stonemaier Games and designed by Jamie Stegmaier. This is a very unique and special one. Why? Because for this game, when it was uh, announced, even on the pre-order time, the hype for this game was through the roof. And that was perfectly normal coming from a Stonemaier games because they have had a few amazing games. And I want to say amazing games is because one of them is my top favorite game games ever, which is Scythe. Uh, they came out with Scythe. They came out with Wingspan, they, which is a fantastic game from Elizabeth Hargrave, but it's published by Stonemaier games. And they also uh, came out with Charterstone, which, by the way, I'm in episode 8 or game 8 with my wife. We're playing through the campaign. And as soon as I'm done, I'm going to do an episode about it. But because of all of those fantastic games, last year, I think it was last year, yeah, uh, Stonemaier Games announced Tapestry at the beginning of the last year, I think. Uh, in 2019, and then the hype was through the roof. A lot of pre-orders, even the first, uh, you know, pre-order games, they were like labeled with numbers and stuff to make it more, uh, you know, more collectible, I guess. Uh, so tonight, we're gonna talk about Tapestry. This game, I had to say, this game, uh, sort of it, or like probably, uh, you know, most of the percentage of the game was provided to me by uh, our friends from Stonemaier Games and, you know, my friend Jamie Stonemaier. So he sent us a copy, and we played the game competitive. We played the game solo, 
And uh, towards the end, I will tell you what I think about the game. And of course, in this episode, we're going to have our, you know, usual sections, such as uh, box and cover, when I'm going to tell you about the box and the cover of the game, the size of the box, just to give you an idea of, of which size, just for you to imagine in your shelves. I'm also going to talk about the art of the cover of the box, the back of the box, all those little details. And then we're going to jump into our famous audio unboxing, where I'm going to open the game in front of the microphone, and I will be describing you what I see, the components and stuff, and then we're going to talk about the gameplay, and then at the end, I will tell you what I think about the game, we're going to rate the game, we're going to see what how the games, you know, populates over there in the board game big mainly, the ratings, and then that will be it. I also have some news for you, because on episode number 70, which is four episodes from now, I'm going to have a very special guest, because he is one of my uh, good friends, and he's also one of the most popular content creators out there for solo board games. I also have, uh, right now, a podcast that I do in Spanish. And it's Solo BG Podcast in Espanol. So if you happen to, you know, know a little bit of Spanish, or if you want to learn Spanish, or if you want to hear me talking on my primary language and talking about board games, you can also look for us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, iVox, uh, wherever you can, wherever podcasts can be found. You can look for me over there as a solo BG podcast in Espanol. And I also have, uh, you know, just like this same format, but in Spanish, different games. So anyway, you can go and check it out. Anyway, with that being said, I have some news that I don't, I cannot share still because they're official, but we haven't announced it and I have to respect the other party that they will do the announcement. But I have great things coming up for the show and for you amazing listeners, for all of you. So with that being said, let's start like always in three, two, one. Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays, and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Okay, so now we are officially on episode number 66 of Solo BG Podcast. And we're going to talk about Tapestry, a civilization game designed by Jamie Stegmaier and art by Andrew Bosley. And the scopes, yes, you hear right, the scopes of this game are designed by Ron Brown. I hope I pronounced it right, designed, because, well, there are scopes. But anyway, before we jump into Tapestry, let me tell you, let me talk to you, let me share with you what I've been playing recently. Most recently, actually last night, uh, we went, I guess I'm going to do the free advertise. Last night or yesterday, Marvel Villainous was released on Target. And of course, very early in the morning, I wake up, I went uh, to Target with my wife and we got a copy of Marvel Villainous because actually Villainous is one of my wife's favorite games ever. And we have all the expansions and everything. So we played the game. And uh, we had a good time, you know, because I don't think I will do an episode of Villainous in the future. So might as well I just uh, talk through you what I think about the Marvel expansion. Marvel expansion uh, of Villainous is great. Uh, it's even, I will say that it's slightly better than the other Villainous from Disney. And why? Because the mechanics of these games are very simple. I always, I always think like it's more like you're playing a solo game kind of. 
trying to you know find your uh, your goal and meet your purpose on uh, depend on the with the uh, villain that you're playing with um which by the way one of my favorites from disney is captain hook uh so anyway for example for captain hook you have to capture peter pan and kill him if i remember correctly and if uh, somebody else is playing with jafar from aladdin kind of the same uh, goal, but with Aladdin, right? So you have a deck of fate. Uh, each each character will have a deck of fate, which is the heroes of the movies, and I will be damaging with heroes of the movies um, through another enemy from their movie, and they will try to attack me as well. But in the meantime, I will be trying to pursue my goal. So there's not too much of a play interaction other than trying to mess up with heroes and cards that they will block action from the other tableau on the other players. But with Marvel Villainous, you definitely have more interaction, more player interaction than the previous ones. Why? Because, for example, and this is not a spoiler, Thanos. Thanos will try to get the Infinity Stones. And those Infinity Stones, they can go to any other villain on the game. And they can capture it, they can trigger it, they have actions and stuff. So that creates a lot of interaction if you have the Thanos player on the game. But even if you don't have Thanos on the game, now, uh, besides being able to move your allies or your, you know, your villain allies in your tableau to adjacent spaces, now you can relocate them to other characters or to other players, better say, tableaus. So that creates a lot of player interaction because you can go and fight the other players uh, to to fight their allies because you know depends on your goal depends on the purpose of the game. Also, instead of every player have uh, their own fate deck of heroes, now there's a main fate deck of heroes where we're gonna be drawing cards each player and we will be assigning the heroes to the characters that we want to to the player that we want to go against. Or if for some reason. You want to put that hero on your tableau because let's say your goal is to kill a lot of heroes or a certain amount of heroes. Well, then you can put on your tableau and it can benefit you. So it has definitely more player interaction. So it was a big thumbs up for Marvel Villainous from me. And I really like it and I play it. And after that, since we were playing a card game, you know that I've been playing also uh, DC Deck Building Rebirth. And probably you know this if you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at SoloBG Podcast because I've been posting pictures of the game while I'm going through the campaign, through the scenario campaign. And then, since we were playing my wife and I a card game from Marvel, um, you know, I was like, well, I guess I need to bring my, you know, my alma mater, I guess I will call it DC, right? Batman, I need to bring it to the table, my man. So anyway... I brought the DC deck building rebirth and we start to play the campaign one, uh, my wife and I, and unfortunately we were defeated, but we will try it again. So we have been playing DC deck building uh, rebirth as well. I also play another game, which is a worker placement, very interesting worker placement with sort of a wheel mechanic on the middle, which is Coloma or Coloma. And it's from the same designer that made... Uh, Sierra West, which is another another of my big hits games that I really enjoy and really like. Anyway, Coloma is a worker placement, of course, uh, atmosphere on the Old West, and it has a wheel of actions in the middle, which has some magnets, which it makes the game looks cool and move even cooler on the table. Uh, and anyway, you have this wheel of actions that they will be blocking certain actions during the game. And is by Victory Points, Worker Placement, very fun. i also been playing Coloma, another game that I played for the first time. 
And I know a lot of you amazing listeners have been playing this game before and known this game even way more than me, I'm pretty sure. It's Orleans. And Orleans, um, I play it. Um, worker placement, we actually play it competitive. I know there's an expansion for solo mode. And I really like Orleans. But my uh, here is the thing with Orleans and... Um, and it's, my, it's the same problem that I have, for example, with another game that I enjoy, which is Console 4, or, for example, the first edition of Castles of Burgundy. And once again, this is, I think it's a, a personal problem. I don't think there's anything wrong. It's me. It's not the game. But one of the things that I really don't like is the art, right? I understand, you know, the Euro games and more contemporary and probably comes from the Germans. But the art of the game is so boring, at least for me. For example, the same now we play Coloma or Coloma and we play Orlean. And um, I definitely like the, the art of, Col- of Coloma or Coloma, I hope I pronounced it correctly. Um, you know, and, and, but the art of these Orlean games is like, oh man, like, I don't know if, um, at least to me that I'm a very visual person, uh, you know, ironically, which I'm doing an audio. <laughs> podcast uh you know the the art of the game oh man, it just doesn't get me it's a fun game there's a lot going on i'm pretty sure you know the mechanics uh you know worker placement you have your own tableau trying to do actions with your with your little uh with your tokens that you're drawing from your bag uh which there are uh, different factions and you're trying to improve your stats to be able to pull out more to have more characters to do more actions to do buildings to go by uh, by uh, you know by land or go by sea and have more buildings and victory points and stuff very of course very heavy euro um i want to play it again it's just the art is what takes me away i don't know why they keep doing those art because i was doing the research on that one and i believe the second edition which is the one that we got or the one that we played better say was came out in 2016 or 17 and i'm like man there's so fantastic games out there with beautiful art we're going to talk about Tapestry, spoiler alert. Um, and then uh, you you have these games and it's like, oh, man, I wish they could have a more, you know, modernish art. I get it. Once again, it's me probably and it's more the German in the contemporary and traditional Euro games art. But, you know, I, it's just, I guess, a matter of subjective uh, likes, right, of visualizing. Um, and so anyway, we play Orleans as well. Raccoon Tycoon, Raccoon Tycoon. I just got that game, and I feel like that game is going to grow more, 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 and more in myself. Um, great game. I can tell you that right now. It plays super fast. Um, sort of an out. It has a mechanic as an auction game. Uh, you the, the stock market. I think that's what this, these games call like these games are called. I'm sorry, sort of a stock market, and your values or your goods they start increasing in price, and then you you find the right t- moment to sell them, and in that way you can get more money, and with that money you can buy different things. I don't want to spoil too much, but the game is growing so much in me. Um, the art, the uh, the playthrough, everything that I want to play it again multiple, multiple times, and I want to do an episode about it so I won't spoil too much, other than I've been playing uh, Raccoon Tycoon. Also, we play Charleston from Stonemaier Games, like I said before. My wife and I, we keep advancing on the campaign of the game. Another one that, surprisingly, is still very hard to find, at least here in the U.S., even if it's sell in a very mass market such as Target... <laughs> Uh, Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. I don't need to say, I don't need to tell you <laughs> anything about Gloomhaven. 
Uh, I haven't done an episode, surprisingly, in 66 episodes uh, so far of Gloomhaven. But Jaws of the Lion, I think I think it deserves, it certainly deserves an episode. Uh, of course, I, it's not a surprise to anybody that I won't say great and amazing things about the game. Uh, designed by Isaac Ch- Childress, I hope I pronounced it correctly. Um, which is from here, from Indiana, surprisingly, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, Gloomhaven, Just the Lion is just it's fantastic. Um, which, by the way, there's a very cool video uh, from Watch It Play uh, from Rodney Smith. If you have a chance, check it out. He walk you through the five tutorial missions or scenarios of the game, and literally um, those things will get you all set to learn Gloomhaven in case if you don't know how to play Gloomhaven. I backed Frosthaven on Kickstarter, and I'm so excited to, you know, to get it. Uh, and yes, let me keep playing Jaws of the Lion of Gloomhaven, and we will talk about it. I will try to have a guest, a Gloomhaven fan guest for that episode, in that way we can make the things more interesting. And why not? If there's anybody out there that doesn't like the game Gloomhaven, please feel free to contact me at solobgpodcast.gmail.com or through our social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at solobgpodcast, because in that way, I would love to... (laughs) in this show in that way we can spy things up and we can have different you know points of view regarding gloomhaven uh what else i've been playing hellboy the board game by mantic games dungeon crawler game i think i mentioned it before i've been having fun with hellboy um and i'm looking forward to player to play it even more also another game i think this is the uh, before we uh the, before the ones that i mentioned you in the last episode another game that i brought up back to the table and I won for the first time solo. I won. It was a game that it was already like a year since the last time I played it. And I'm talking about Black Orchestra. Black Orchestra, it's a work. I'm sorry. It's Yeah, it's a piece of work. It's a game where you basically are trying to kill Hitler. Why not? We need to kill Hitler. And I wish it could have been true. And that way we could avoid all the tragedy, of course, in the world that happened back on those times. World War II. But... um. In this game, at least, we are trying to kill Hitler as soon as possible before he keeps developing all his plans. And the very interesting thing about this game is that we actually have an episode about it. I think it was around the episode number 20s or so forth. Uh, but basically, you're trying to you know, follow Hitler, his generals, trying to kill him, trying to get the plot for uh, to kill him. And actually, one thing that I really like that I mentioned when we recorded the episode is that the characters that you see on the game all the heroes i call them they were real people with the real stories very interesting so yeah i played black orchestra i was able to defeat hitler i still think it's a great game and once we reach to our episode number 100 then after that we're gonna start to remember all the episodes that we've been talking about going back to the first episode and I will tell you how, if I still like the game, if I don't like the game, if I still own the game, or what's going on, right? Anyway, um, there's already, there is almost 20 minutes of episode, and we haven't talked about today, tonight, this evening game. So let's jump into it. We're going to talk about Tapestry once again, a civilization game designed by Jamie Stegmeier. And the art is by Andrew Bosley and sculpts of by Ron Brown. Ron Brown. Uh, and it's published by Stonemeyer Games with their famous Automa Factory, which I love on site. Once again, I mention it again, Sight is one of my favorite games ever. I was so hyped when Tapestry was announced. 
I had to say I didn't get a copy. I was able to play it before, before I got this copy. That once again, it was provided uh, through uh, our friends from Stonemaier Games. I had to say that. But I will give you my honest opinion at the end of the episode. Meanwhile, let's go to our normal sections of the show. And let's start with the box and cover. Box and cover. Okay, so now we are in the box and cover section of the show. The box, pretty big box. I have it here with me. Let me see if I get uh, the mic close to the board game table. I'm moving the box here. You can hear it probably. There it is. You hear it. Um, the box is, is huge. <laughs> it's, um, you know, definitely a, a thick box. <laughs> it's, very, it's very heavy. Uh, the size of the box, very standardish, 12 inch by 12. Uh, Tapestry, a civilization game. That's the first thing that you see on the cover. The cover is fantastic, I will tell you that. And you have like this, um, it seems like a, a lady first, like three ladies coming towards towards you, right? With these tapestries holding uh, from this, you know, from their civilization, from their country, from their uh, community. And then you have a lot of buildings in the background, very modern buildings, but also some contemporary buildings buildings that they uh, seems like the pattern are from Greece or something like that. Then uh, more of uh, even more contemporary villages, it seems like on the sides, crossing a bridge, and then you have like a train, like a big modern train going through the city, and then at the end, even you can see like a little island, like a building, those floating buildings from the future, very futuristic. So you have a little bit of everything. Everything of a civilization game is represented on the cover, which once again, I do like it. And then uh, on the sides, it will tell you tapestry and more beautiful illustrations. And it tells you that it's a civilization game. And I've been saying that a lot because we will go in deep to see if it's a civilization game. Um, also, it tells you that it plays one to five players. That is a it's age 12 year plus and that it plays on 90 to 120 minutes. That's what you will get on the sides of the box. One thing of this game is that, you know, this is a thing that I was actually talking not too long ago with my wife. It's like, you know, in our game room, I was telling her, like, how how the games should should be, right, on the shelves? Should, should they be, like, horizontally, like, I'm sorry, like, vertically, like uh, like the books, you know? Or they should be horizontally, like, one on top of the other ones. And I don't know, you tell me, <laughs> because I, I do myself like vertically like books, but I see in some bookshelves around Facebook and stuff from people that they have like more like laying down and they look very cool. Some of them tapestry, the box of tapestry, it will help you to see uh, if in case you want to put it like in that way. And it has a very nice illustrations on the sides of the box. Now, if you really want to display the box, you can do it because the cover the cover is very unique. Then on the back of the box, Tapestry, a civilization game. Once again, 1 to 5 player, 90 to 120 minutes. And age, 12 year plus. And it's a competitive game. Fully competitive game that you can play solo, of course. Which is, that's what we want, right? To play solo. Create a civilization with the most storied history. Starting at the beginning of humankind. And reaching into the future. The paths you choose will vary greatly from real-world history. Your civilization is unique. In Tapestry, you start from nothing and advance on any of the four advancement track. Because in this game, you can go either through science, technology, exploration, and military to earn progressively better benefits. And with this, you will be able 
to, uh, you know, develop your civilization. Also, it tells you the components and it gives you a layout and a picture of how the game will look on the table. Of course, coming from Stonemaier Games, you kind of expect already what to see on the table. And then it will also show you the miniatures. That's right, the miniatures. And I said again, the miniatures that you will see or the sculpture. Let's call it the sculpture. I'm sorry, my bad. The sculptures that you will see on the game. It also tells you the components that we're going to talk about in our next section once we jump inside the box. And you know what? Why wait? Let's go and jump inside the box. Inside the box. Okay, so now we are in inside the box section. So let me open. Like I said, I'm pretty sure you can hear here. Let me open this huge box here on the table. I'm trying to hold the microphone with one and uh, the game with the other one. What do we get inside? This is one of the unique things of tapestry. We get our rule book. That's it. This is the rule book. And check this out. Well, don't check this out. Hear this out. It's a four, four double-sided pages. That's it. Believe it or not. For Stonemaier game, four double-sided pages from the first rulebook. Very nice. Actually, if you're familiarized with the quality of the paper that they use for the rulebook on Wingspan, which I love it, well, they use the same good quality on this one. Then it's Tapestry, the auto, the Automa uh, for solo play. The rulebook also four double-sided pages. And then you have a Shadow Empire variant, the Civilization Adjustment, which is another guide. And then you have the reference guide for all the symbols that you will and all the tracks that you will be facing during the game. That's right. Now, if I tell you a list of components of the game, um, in that way, it will be easier than actually telling you all the stuff, describing little by little, which we're going to talk about the sculptures, of course. So what do you get in the game? You get 16 asymmetric civilization mats. 18 unique painted landmark miniatures, 43 unique tapestry cards, 7 tap trap cards, 32 unique tech cards, 3 custom dice, uh, which some people were buying more dice. I will spoiler you. 3 dice is good for this game. Um, um, five, 50 outpost miniatures, 100 income buildings miniatures, 1 game board, 6 unique uh, capital city mats, and I will jump all the autumn, of course, great components that you get. That you get 18 unique painted landmark. I won't call them miniatures. I will call them sculptures. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you, you have a construction off over the course of the, of the narrative. A construction off? The, uh, way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Full colour... They're all painted, and they are, I won't tell you my thoughts yet, I will tell you that they're very unique, 
and they definitely bring the table up on this game. So now that we talk about the components of the game, including that unique four double-sided pages, which honestly, when I opened the game and I was like, this is the rulebook? Like going, you know, looking for something else because, you know, I'm used to like side, like you get this book and this rulebook and the other one, and then you're looking for more stuff and expansions and stuff. And this one was just that. I was like, wow, 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 wow. I will tell you for better or for good at the end. But I was, wow. So anyway, now that we um, talk about what is inside the box, let's, let's, I'm sorry, it's inside the box, let's see and let's talk very briefly about how the game plays. Gameplay. All righty. So now we are in the gameplay and this game, ideally, very simple, very simple, right? Uh, I'm going to explain you how it works. And the rulebook, it tells you, it's a four-double-sided rulebook, basically how we, the game goes. Now, there's going to be some different variants, and the game can change uh, regarding setup and regarding uh, instructions of how what to do certain things, depending on the civilization that you will get. That's right, because everybody, of course is going to have a different civilization. So, for example, after you place the board on the table, uh, you will shuffle the tech cards, the tapestry cards, and you will have them over there for during the game. They will be drawing it. And then the territory um, tiles, uh, you know, you will also shuffle them, spell tiles, landmarks, and the dice. And then you will, came, uh, you will claim, I'm sorry, your ran random capital city mat. And that city mat, you will have it. It's going to be random. It's going to be different. And then you're going to place some output token over there. You're going to get the income mat. And then you're going to get two civilization mats from the various that they include in the box. And then you will choose one and discard the other one. And, of course, this is when the game changed. Because that civilization can be good or better in certain things versus the other ones. There's no unique, there's not reputation of civilizations. Every civilization is unique. And that adds certain things to the game that we will uh, talk more in our thoughts. But anyway, you will get your civilization and then your player tokens, and then you will start to play. What do you do during the play? The, uh, the gameplay, on your turn, you may either collect income or to begin a new era or advance uh, your player token once an advancement track. Uh, once, I'm sorry, on the different advancement tracks. And we talk about this. You will have the, uh, the expert, you will have the option to to go into the science, to the explore, technology, military, different paths that you can go and improve your civilization, right? So you will do your phase of income, you can get resources, and with those resources, you will be able to do different things and advance in the different tracks, which, by the way, on the board, you will have the main map on the board, the main uh, layout of where your civilization is going to, in theory, right, on the, on the map where the civilization is expanding and and and, and building, and then also on the sides of the, of the game board, you will have all the tracks. So this works very good if you are playing, for example, a four-player game uh, or even a five-player game and everybody is surrounding the table because you, you it's not like some of the other games where somebody is facing the board and sometimes whoever is farthest away from the board has, uh, you know, a disadvantage or is more uncomfortable. No, on this game... The tracks are surrounding the game board, so that makes, you know, the things a little bit different. Uh, and in the aspect of it's more comfortable for everybody to to at least to visualize the tracks and the stuff. And, you know, it makes it better, I think, um, which I already jump ahead to my conclusions, right, which is going to be on my thoughts in the next section. But anyway, 
you will use your civilization if if you can do it uh you will play uh tapestry cards you will upgrade tech cards to gain victory points and you will gain income once again and you will try to advance on every track um for example you will play the you will pay the cost of the resource indicated on the tier of the track into which you are advancing then you will move your player token one space forward on the track and you will gain certain benefits once again depending on the track that you're going to that you getting your strategy to work through for example depends on the civilization once again that you know different civilization let's say well, they will be better for explore so then probably you want to go and try to get all the benefits as possible from the exploration track or some of them are going to be better at science so you want to advance in the science you want to get research on the income phase that they're going to help you more in the science. And then you want probably it's a technology or probably it's military. So it depends on your civilization, your strategy will change. But those are the four main tracks that you will be able to advance. And usually to advance on every track, you will have to pay resources. You will have to roll some die, get bonus, get extra bonus, and those sort of things. Also, there's a very cool thing on the side of your board that those are the technology cards that uh, there's going to be certain things during the game that they will be triggered. Uh, and the technology will keep upgrading, and those technologies will give you victory points as well. Uh, and the military track, of course, you're trying to conquer, and even that, you're trying to fight other uh, civilizations that they're messing with you, or they're in places where you want to be, and then you go and kill them, and you get those points for them, and they're not able to retake it. Um, also, another very cool thing is that one, as as you are advancing on the civilizations on the different tracks of this of that you can go once again their exploration science technology and military you're gonna get to a certain point where you will uh, trigger a bonus that it will give you one sculpture one of the miniatures that put fully painted sculpture fully uh, painted miniatures that you will be using this one for a thing that i will tell you in a little bit but once you get it, the first one, it's like the first come, first, <laughs> first serve, right? The first one to reach to that point gets the sculpture, and that's it. Nobody else can get it. So that's another thing of the game that you need to plan your strategy very wisely or where, of where you want to go, uh, in which track, in that way you can try to get those buildings. Because even if you try to advance in all of them, chances are that somebody else... We'll try to focus in one or two tracks, and they will get those sculptures first. So those were those are little things that make you think during the game, like, okay, which track I want to go in order to get bonus, benefit from my civilization, but at the same time, get those buildings. Now, talking about those buildings, every everybody will have their own mat, their own, um, you know, civil, uh, civilization mat, and also their their uh, capital city, right? The capital city, which is, better say, which is like a map of your capital city that you will have. And that capital city will have different squares. So it will divide it in rows and columns, right? So every time that you fill a row or a column, it's also victory points. So you will be filling those as you are upgrading your tableau on the different tracks because you're going to be moving buildings from your tableau to occupy them on your capital city in order once again to fill out rows and columns. But guess what? Once you reach on the tracks, when we talk about the sculptures, once you reach those sculptures, then, then my friend, you can bring one of those big chunky buildings and occupy four, like it's, I think it's equivalent to four spaces of the mini buildings for one sculpture. So that those sculptures help you a lot 
to fill out the columns and rows, which once again, they will be victory points for the game and for you, of course, in order to win the game. So you will be doing that all the way, advancing your civilization, trying to make uh, rows and columns. In that way, you can uh, get points. And then the game will end. The game can end different times for uh, different for each player. That's another gimmick of the game. So uh, the game is going to end when you uh, when everybody, or in this case, you, if you're playing the game, uh, finish the fifth income turn. You will gain the benefit from your civilization. One one upgrade and victory points as shown on your income mat, uh, but uh, you won't be able to play any other tapestry cards. Once everybody finishes their fifth turn, you count victory points, and whoever gets the most victory points win the game and is the most uh, most successful civilization from the game. There's also the solo variant, which is the automa, which it plays pretty 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 simple with the automa system that uh, Stone Myers gives to you once again in a four double-sided rulebook and with that automa you will be fighting uh, versus a bot and he will be taking turns trying to mess with you doing different actions you have a very nice deck of cards uh, that you will be revealing and you will be making the choices for the bot in that way it replaces the other player that you're playing against with they will have a different mat uh, different than yours they will have a civilization all the stuff they're going to have the mat that they, where they will be triggering different actions they it will be easier for them to get victory points so that will push you to um you know explore different civilizations sort of a training but also to push you to uh, be more uh, efficient with your strategy because for the bot, it will be easier to get victory points at the end and during the game. Anyway, basically, this is the whole idea of Tapestry. This is how Tapestry play. Once again, very briefly, every civilization will bring different things to the game. It's going to add a different spice to the game. And yeah, that's very briefly how Tapestry, the Civilization game, works. And now that we talk about this, let's jump to our, my favorite section of the show, where I tell you if I prefer to play this game solo, or in this case, competitive, and what do I think about the game? Solo or competitive? Okay, so now it's time to talk about if we like, if we prefer to play this game solo or competitive. Tapestry, a civilization game by Stonemaier Games, designed by Jamie Stegmeier. Once again, I still remember when this game was announced. All the hype, people were very hyped about this game, including myself. Um, once again, I don't remember for, for which reason I didn't pre-order the game. I don't know if because... Other member of my gaming group pre-ordered it. I think it was because of that, because then I played with another gaming group as well. Uh, and then finally I got a copy for myself to mainly play it solo in order to do a review. And also to play a competitive game to, you know, to get the feeling of the game and have got, get a more a solid opinion about the game. Let's jump into what the board game geek says about the game. Uh, Tapestry, they give it a 7.5, uh, rank overall 246, and it's 8,900 ratings that they give this 7.5 to the game. Uh, it has a weight complexity of 2.86, and the same stats that we already mentioned on the box. What do I like about the game? What do I like about Tapestry? Well, first of all, the production. 
The production is top the notch, like always. Stonemaier Games, they really, really put a lot of love on their games. That's a, that's a thing. When you buy a Stonemaier game, you know for a fact that you get a, that you're getting a high quality product. And that's one thing that makes me that makes me like a lot these publishers, Stonemaier Games. I know that Jamie, personally Jamie, Jamie, I'm sorry, he really pays attention to the Uh, uh, components of the game, to the rules of the game, uh, testing the game, and all that stuff. So far, I have never played a Stonemaier game that I feel like is broken, unbalanced, or anything like that. Tapestry, it wasn't the exception. Component-wise, it's very good. So once again, the big pro is the component and quality of things that you gain with the game. Second pro, the rulebook. Believe it or not, four pages, double-sided. That was a very bold movement, right? Because they, it's like, here is the game. You just need these uh, four pages, and that's it. You're good to go, good to play. And it's it, it really works. It's really well done, the books. I think they they uh, they did a good job designing their rule book and making their rules simple for everybody. Uh, and yes, of course, once again, it's the civilization cards... They will add more stuff to the game, different things that you can do. But the rulebook for the idea of the game, the actions of the game, the setup of the game, research, income, phases of the game, everything is very well explained on the rulebook. So another big pro to the game from my part is the rulebook. They did a fantastic job. Another big pro that we talk about the components, the sculptures, they are phenomenal phenomenal top of the notch the sculptures are fantastic the buildings the miniatures i feel like i can use i want to use them no i don't feel like i can use them but i want to really use them for um more games <laughs> i want to i want to bring them into other board games that you know that they can fill with the theme uh because once again it's just the, the quality that stone meyer throws on their games the love that they throw on the on their games, the time that they invest in their games, you get a high quality product. And I'm not talking about the gameplay. I'm talking about the quality of the components. Big, big, big pro on the sculptures. Big, big, big pro on the, all the components. And I wanna, I wanna, div- I even wanna separate the sculptures on this game from the components. And that's why the third, it's a big pro. Uh, which also we led me to a con from the game, and uh, we will um, we will go to into there in a little bit. The other pro of the game is that I really enjoy the gimmick when you're playing multiplayer uh, of you know fifth turn you're done. Why? Because yes, of course. I mean, you don't. Of course, yeah. Some people can be like, well, it can be boring if you finish very fast and then you're waiting on everybody else. Yes, that could be a con too. But chances are it's not gonna happen like that because you know you're gonna be planning your strategy and you're gonna have to you have to be careful of what the other players uh, do, of course. Because once again, like I told you during the gameplay section, whoever gets first to those um, big sculptures areas or spaces. They will gain them. So it's like, do you really want to gain them? Because that's the other thing. Uh, you know, the the, the map the, the, from your city, your capital city map, I guess you want to call it. Um, I really like the idea 
of of you know filling the roles and columns and getting more points and stuff. But at the at the same time, I feel like you don't get enough points from there. What I'm trying to say is like I wish the rewards would it be a little bit bigger, more victory points or something else for filling out those rows and columns and stuff. Because then sometimes you feel like you're wasting a lot of time trying to... And once again, everybody can use a different strategy. But if your strategy is that, you would probably try to waste a lot of time trying to fill in those rows and columns. But at the same time, you could be doing something else that could give you more victory points. And yes, you want to get those sculptures, those sculptures, I'm sorry. But even if you don't get them, you can still win and get victory points, if that makes sense. So that's the other thing of the game. I just wish those sculptures will um, play more into the into the game. And that's a con for me. Uh, the other pro is that the board. The board is great. I really like the board um, uh, in the aspect of the, the tracks. The tracks that you have surrounding the board, I think they are fantastic. Because uh, like I mentioned before, sometimes you fall into the situations that you know there's some games and there's there's been these discussions around that it, it, you know some players have the benefit uh on certain games depending on where the, where they're sitting right if they're far away from different resources or things like that um you know chances are that they're not going to go for 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 that but in tapestry the location of the tracks is very smart well done i guess that's a word very smart done a very smart well done uh that you know, everybody has this, uh, it has that fairness of, yeah, everybody has a track in front of them uh, if you're playing a four-player game. Uh, but at the same time, doesn't mean that you're going to go for your track because you probably want to go for the um, the other side track and, and vice versa for whoever is sitting across, across you on the table. So I think the way of doing the track, that's a big pro for me. And I really, I really appreciate it. The map... Uh, it, it's very nice. It has it's a double-sided mat, which it will tell you depends on the number of players which side to play. That I also like. Um, the gameplay, once again, the gimmick of the gameplay I like. Um, the, the time that for a four-player game, five-player game, three-player game, I don't see too much of a difference. I do like that as well. I think it's correct, the game. I think it plays between 90 to 120 minutes. I will say 90 minutes uh, you know, hundred minutes probably has been the top top that I will be that I have been experienced with this game, which is something good. Uh, the other thing that I don't like from the game is that yes, <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. Let let me be careful which what I'm gonna say. Yes, it's a civilization game. No, I don't feel the the theme is strong on the game. If that makes sense. The theme is there, definitely. It's a civilization game. You gain your civilization. You're trying to advance your civilization. You're trying to to reach the goal of your civilization. Uh, and you know, you, there's also I will mention a little bit another thing. Um, but I don't feel like the theme is very strong. I feel like it's at the same level of an abstract game, trying to compete with a theme game. But none of them win, if that makes sense. They're 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 meet in the middle, and that's it. None of them win. I don't think it's a thematic game over abstract game. Neither an abstract game or abstract game. I'm sorry, over thematic game. There's a lot of discussion out there that is like, no, for me it's an abstract game. For me it's not a thematic game. For some other people, like yes, the theme is there. It's not an abstract game for me. None of them win. They actually meet on the middle, 
and none of them win each other. And that could be a thing that sometimes can be difficult for very thematic gamers like myself. I do enjoy a strong theme on a game, like, for example, Scythe, right? Like, I feel like the theme is there. Uh, or, for example, when you're playing a dungeon crawler, of course, it's not a dungeon crawler, but I like the theme to be on a game. Like, the theme is there. Like, yes, they, they designed it the way they designed it because of the theme. This game, once again, I don't, I'm not saying it's not thematic. It's just it meets on the middle between the abstract and the theme. So that could be a con or a pro. I actually put it on the middle. I'm not, I'm not going to name it either as a con or a pro. Another uh, pro for me that I didn't mention before is the trap cards. The trap cards are very cool to play because you can mess things around um, with your friends. I remember one, if I remember incorrectly, on Conquer or something, when somebody else tried to conquer one of my territory, I played a trap and boom, that's it. I win the battle and I conquer them. So that was very fun, especially because I'm usually that kind of, uh, of player, right? That I try to mess things up for the other players when I'm playing competitive. They hate me. They really hate me on engine builders games. Um, anyway, uh, this, is, this is tapestry, right? And those are the things that I don't like. Other than that, I do enjoy the game. I, I did enjoy the game. I did enjoy the game competitive. I did enjoy the game solo. Now, going to the main question, if i rather play this game solo or competitive, definitely, definitely, and I, have, I haven't played Charleston solo, but definitely, if I had to play a solo game from Stonemeyers, I will go side, and then uh, probably I would like to try Charleston. Um... Viticulture, I don't feel like Tapestry, I don't feel like, yes, I did enjoy it solo, but definitely I enjoy it way more competitive. Competitive, it's very good game, I did enjoy it, it's definitely staying in my collection just because I'm lucky enough to have a competitive group that I can play with. Uh, with that being said, I will tell you this, if you have a group that you can play with, or if you have even, uh, you know, your, your significant other your, or your family that can play with you, that is not mainly for solo, I would recommend you Tapestry. If it's for solo game, um, it will be if, if those things that I already mentioned are appealing to you. Once again, I'm not, me personally, I'm not a huge fan of Civilization games. I gl I'm glad I got a copy of this game and it will stay in my collection because I have a lot of fun playing with friends and with my wife and, and, and you know, with family. Uh, I play it solo as well, more sort of a practice and a training. Uh, but if you are, a you are a civilization guy and you want this game mainly for solo, it will work for you because, yes, it plays good solo. Once again, for me, I prefer a competitive just because of the facts that I already mentioned. And going from 0 to 5, which is the way that we rate the games, where 5, it's a game that you love, that you can play every single night of game night. And a 0, it's a game that you don't like, that you don't even want to waste energy on burning it. I give a tapestry a solid 3.8. Uh, once again, if I'm going to play a civilization game, it will be tapestry. No question. No question at all. If I had to play a civilization game, it will be tapestry. 
because of all the aspects that I mentioned. Why it didn't reach out to four? Because the things that I mentioned, like the components I wish they could play more, especially the buildings, the big sculptures, which they are beautiful. Because I'm not a civilization player. Um, but once again, and I will say it again, and I don't get tired. If I had to play a civilization game, it will be tapestry, and that's why. I give it a solid 3.8 on my list. I'm looking forward to see if there's more expansions, actually, if Stone Myers comes out with more expansions, because I think I will get those, especially, once again, for the competitive mode. With that being said, I hope this episode helps you to decide if you want to get Tapestry or if you want to pass on Tapestry, which, once again, I don't recommend you to go that route too much. I recommend you, actually, to try to... You know, uh, play it, take a look. And if you're a Civilization player and you haven't tried it, you definitely want to play it because I'm pretty sure you will have a good time with this game. Anyway, this was episode number 66. Once again, we have very good news that I cannot share with you yet because I need to respect the third party. But uh, it has something to do with YouTube. So I will give you that hint. With YouTube, uh, amazing news for Solo BG Podcast. And remember that you can also listen to my podcast in Spanish at Solo BG Podcast en Español. Also available in everywhere you and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember that you can also send me an email to solobgpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me in our social media at Solo BG Podcast in Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm always posting pictures of what I'm playing. I'm always sharing content every time, every day. Uh, you know, right now I'm painting a lot of miniatures. I'm sharing pictures as well there. And I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay happy. Please stay with your loved ones. Please roll some dice. Have fun. Stay positive. We're going to pass through this situation that we mentioned in the in the beginning of the episode that we all know. We're going to pass through this. We're going to do better. And we need to take care of each other. So please take care of your loved ones and take care of each other. Let's take care of our world and let's be happy and play more games. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.